we're back. We're back. Chris is here today. He's here for this session. Amy's fine. She's doing fine. She just couldn't make it this session. Here's something that I wanted to bring up. And I am so, so happy you brought it up. Last week, you asked me a question that I didn't really, I didn't know the for sure answer to. So I looked it up. You're Because you're watching the show Chosen. The Chosen. The Chosen, I'm sorry. And that's streaming on what? Hulu, I believe. Is it Hulu? Oh, no, it's Amazon. Okay. It's Amazon. And how many seasons are there? One that's been released. No, excuse me. Three that have been released. Okay. And it is the story of Jesus. Yes. And his disciples, which is where I think they get the title from. They are, they, I, well, I don't know. This is just my speculation. The chosen are the, the disciples he picks up along the way. Okay. And how do you like the show? I like it a lot. I watched the first episode and I will pick it up again. But you've just kind of chugged along with it, and that's really awesome. Um, but you had asked about terminology, about B.C. and A.D. So B.C. meaning before Christ, and A.D. You're like, well, hold on. I'm sorry. Tell me no, what your you, no. Tell me what your que- no. Tell me what your question was. No, the question was just that. If, if it was B, I've always known B.C. and A.D., and I thought they stood for before Christ and after death, and if. The year one B, if the year one A.D. was one year after Christ has died, where are the approximate thirty? I understood he lived to be thirty-three years of age. Um, where are those thirty-three years? And then you went and did your research. And when you asked me that, I was like, "Son of a gun! I'm fifty-two years old, and I don't have the answer to that," which is good. That's good, because it's questions like that that come up that make you go to the Bible, that make you go to resources and, and find the answers. The term Anno Domini is the correct terminology, and I'm just going to read this off here. It's used to label or number years in the Gregorian calendars. The term Anno Domini is medieval Latin and means in the year of the Lord. This calendar era is based on the traditionally reckoned year of the conception or birth of Jesus. There is no year zero in this scheme. Thus, the year AD 1 immediately follows the year 1 BC. Okay. Since BC is the English abbreviation for before Christ, it is sometimes incorrectly concluded that AD means after death, i.e. after the death of Jesus, which would mean that the approximately 33 years commonly associated with the life of Jesus would be included in neither the BC nor the AD timescales. So that was the answer to that question. It was wonderful that uh, we both got the answer. Yes. Well, you got the answer. Yeah, but no, now we know. Uh, Anything you want to talk about? No, not particularly. So we are going to continue on in Psalms. 105 through 150. Starting with Psalm 105, the theme is God's mighty deeds in bringing Israel to the promised land. Remembering his miracles encourages us to keep living close to him. And the note that I had for the first part was the first 15 verses of this psalm are also found in 1 Chronicles 
16, 8 through 22, where it is sung as a part of the celebration of David's bringing the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. Three other psalms are also hymns recounting Israel's history, Psalm 78, 106, and 136. And if you would please read Psalm 105, verses 1 through 6, please. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him, yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Exult in his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. Remember the wonders he has performed, his miracles, and the rulings he has given. You children of his servant Abraham, you descendants of Jacob, his chosen ones. Wonderful, thank you. A note for that that reading, if God seems far away, persist in your search for him. God rewards those who sincerely look for him. Jesus promised everyone who seeks, finds, and that's from Matthew 7, 8. The writer suggested a valuable way to find God, become familiar with the way he has helped his people in the past. The Bible records the history of God's people. In searching its pages, we will discover a loving God who is waiting for us to find him. And then in Psalm 105, verse 45, it says all this happened so they would follow his decrees and obey his instructions. Praise the Lord. And the note for that says God's purpose for saving the Israelites was that they would follow his decrees and obey his instructions. Too often we use our lives and freedom to please ourselves, but we should honor God. That is God's purpose for our lives and why he gave us his word. Do you have any questions or comments about that section? No. Now also, we have an insert in our Bible, and it's titled History in the Book of Psalms. Very good stuff. I will take a picture of it and add it to the Facebook page. Moving to Psalm 106, the theme is a song of national repentance. God patiently delivers us in spite of our forgetfulness and self-willed rebellion. And one of the notes says, while Psalm 105 is a summary of God's faithfulness, Psalm 106 is a summary of humanity's sinfulness. Psalm 105 covers events up to the exodus from Egypt, and Psalm 106 covers events from the exodus up to what appears to be the Babylonian captivity. And would you please read Psalm 106, verses 1 through 3, please? Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Who can list the glorious miracles of the Lord? Who can ever praise him enough? There is joy for those who deal justly with others and always do what is right. Thank you. And we have a couple notes for there. If we ever stopped to list all the mighty acts or miracles in the Bible, we would be astounded. They cover every aspect of life. The more we think about what God has done, the more we can appreciate the miracles he has done for us individually. Birth, personal development, salvation, specific guidance, healing, loving friends and family, the list goes on and on. If you think you have never seen a miracle, look closer. You will see God's power and loving intervention on your behalf. God still performs great miracles. 
And the other note said, In the wilderness the Israelites were so intent on getting the food and water they wanted that they became blind to what God wanted. They were more concerned about immediate physical gratification than lasting spiritual satisfaction. They did not want what was best for them and they refused to trust in God's care and provision. If you complain enough, God may give you what you ask for, even if it is not the best for you. If you're not getting what you want, perhaps God knows it is not in your best interest. Trust in his care and provision. And would you please read Psalm 106 verses 42 through 46, please? Their enemies crushed them and brought them under their cruel power. Again and again he rescued them, but they chose to rebel against him, and they were finally destroyed by their sin. Even so, he pitied them in their distress and listened to their cries. He remembered his covenant with them and relented because of his unfailing love. He even caused their captors to treat them with kindness. Uh, The last note said, God allowed trouble to come to the Israelites in order to help them. Our troubles can be helpful because they, one, humble us, two, wean us from the allurements of the world and drive us back to God, three, vitalize our prayers, four, allow us to experience more of God's faithfulness, five, make us more dependent upon God, six, encourage us to submit to God's purpose for our lives, and seven, make us more compassionate towards others in trouble. Anything for that section? No. Okay, moving on to Psalm 107. The theme is thankfulness to God should constantly be on the lips of those whom he has saved. And the note says this psalm speaks of four different types of people in distress and how God rescues them. And so we have four types. One, wanderers. Two, prisoners. Three, the distressed. And four, the storm-tossed. No matter how extreme our calamity, God is able to help us. He is loving and kind to those who are distressed. And would you please read Psalm 107, verses 8 and 9. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Thank you. The note for um, that section says, Fools and rebels surely bring trouble upon themselves. This psalm offers hope for those who have made a mess of their lives. By receiving God's free gift of forgiveness, anyone can begin a new life and break with the past. By faith in Christ, we can break addictions, heal memories, and restore broken relationships. If we ask Christ to take control of our lives, he will answer us. His love reaches even those who have rebelled against him. Psalms 111 through 118 are called Hallelujah Psalms. Hallelujah means praise the Lord and expresses the uplifting and optimistic tone of these songs. So moving to Psalm 111, the theme is all that God does is good. Reverence for God is the beginning of wisdom. And reverence means a deep respect for someone or something. Could you please read Psalm 111 verses 9 and 10? He has paid a full ransom for his people. He has guaranteed his covenant with them forever. What a holy, awe-inspiring name he has. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. Praise him forever. The one of the notes, we have two here, 
says the ransom here pictures God's rescue of the Israelites from Egypt and the future return from captivity in Babylon. Ransom means to free from captivity by paying a price. All people were being held in slavery by sin until Jesus paid the price to free us. Giving his life is a perfect sacrifice. Before Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice for sin, people were not permitted into God's presence, which was called the most holy place. Now all believers can freely approach God's throne through prayer and have God in their lives through the Holy Spirit. And the final note, the only way to become truly wise is to fear or revere God. Too often people want to skip this step, thinking they can become wise by life experience and academic knowledge alone. But if we do not acknowledge God as the source of wisdom, then our foundation for making wise decisions is shaky and we are prone to make and we are prone to mistakes and foolish choices. Psalm 112, the theme is the advantages of having faith in God. God guards the minds and actions of those who follow his commands. Psalm 112 verse 4 says, Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. I like that verse. Well, like Amy and I were talking about last session, it's, it's very easy to go in and pick your favorite verses in the Bible. And that's that's great but also try to read that chapter and understand okay how does that verse work in the context of what's going on okay that's all no i like that getting the whole scope right not just piecemealing it right right okay psalm 113 the theme is the scope of god's care god's great mercy is demonstrated by his concern for the poor and the oppressed and could you please read psalm 113 verses 2 through 4 blessed be the name of the lord now and forever everywhere from east to west praise the name of the lord for the lord is high above the nations his glory is higher than the heavens Awesome. Thank you. And one of the notes we have, in God's eyes, a person's value has no relationship to wealth or position on the social ladder. Many people who have excelled in God's work began in poverty or humble beginnings. God supersedes the social orders of this world, often choosing his future leaders and ambassadors from among social outcasts. Do you treat the unwanted in society as though they have value? Demonstrate by your actions that all people are valuable and useful in God's eyes. Psalm 114, the theme is the mighty God who delivered Israel from Egypt. We can celebrate God's great work in our life. I didn't have any notes or anything from there. Did you? Did you Anything you want to talk about? No, I'm curious why so many of the Psalms, if not all of them, just the ones I've looked at here, are author anonymous. Good question. It just must have been that, that no one no one could associate a particular psalm to a person. Oh, okay. Psalms 115 through 118 were traditionally sung at the Passover meal, commemorating Israel's escape from slavery in Egypt. Psalm 115, the theme is God is alive. He is thinking about us and caring for us, and we should put him first in our life. Psalm 115 verse 1 says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and faithfulness. And the note for that says, The writer asked, 
that God's name, not the nations, be glorified. Too often we ask God to glorify his name with ours. For example, we may pray for help to do a good job so that our work will be noticed. Or we may ask that a presentation go well so we will get applause. There is nothing wrong with looking good or impressing others. The problem comes when we want to look good no matter what happens to God's reputation in the process. Before you pray, ask yourself, who will get the credit if God answers my prayer? And then Psalm 115 verse 11 says, All you who fear the Lord, trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. I had a question for you. Okay. And, I, and I want your honest, I want an honest answer. Now, this is not, by no means do I want anyone to think this is a uh, political leaning question. Okay, this is a general nation question. Mm -hmm. Do you think that Christianity has become less prevalent in the United States through the decades? Oh, yes. I do. I think so, too. I think probably in, like, the let's say the 50s, I think Christianity was more on people's tongues. It was more in their, in their zeitgeist. Yes, absolutely. It was definitely part of their, uh, not all of them, of course, but it was the prevalence of it in their daily lives, bringing it up to maybe a little more current than the 50s. Um, you know, saying the Pledge of Allegiance. We started this school day every day saying the Pledge of Allegiance. They don't do that anymore mm. because they had the word God in it. Mm. That's my understanding. Anyone out there, any of your listeners can correct me. Sure. Um, so there's the incremental removing of God from daily activities and the daily life of the U.S. citizen. Mm -hmm. Just keeping eyes talking about the United States. Yeah, just the United States. Um, and I think it goes hand in hand with the traditional family yes. and traditional family values Yeah. and traditional family roles. And I'm not saying that they were always or were perfect. Uh, but the stereotypical family of the 50s, using the decade you chose, the 40s, and before then. I mean, Christianity, I think, played heavily, and I think over the decades from the founding fathers all the way up through our current day is growing less and less. It, it, it's becoming less prolific in terms of where it sits in society. Yeah. In, in mainstream society. Yeah. You know, you brought up the traditional family and, and roles, tr traditional roles. Amy and I have talked about that several times before, where, you know, especially the last, say, 10, 15 years, it seems like there's been a push just in life of not getting rid, but just kind of breaking down the, the traditional family roles. Mm-hmm. The stereotypical traditional roles, mm -hmm. and they are, I, in my view, they are f frowned upon by a growing number of people. Not that they're people that I necessarily care for their opinions. Social media has played a monstrous role in providing a voice to people. Yeah, and social media has done good. I mean, don't get me wrong, there are good things about social media yes but boy oh boy there's been a lot of cruddy things too 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, the whole, um, just in general in society, the kind of the poo-pooing of the, of the strong male, of the male figure, is, is sad. Oh, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with having a strong male figure. There's nothing wrong with having a, a, a husband who is a strong male figure, and, and especially one that is a role model for their children. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. And and to add on to that, there's the, the strong male figure are the ones that get certain types of jobs in society done. The strong male figures are the ones that went to war. The strong male figures are the ones that step up and were raised to be strong from the time they were born. They were raised to play with the quote stereotypical boy toys and play with army toys and that's just the way they were socialized Mm -hmm. and uh, that is what went into the character of them as they grew up that played a role in it whether you look at it from a a nature nurture situation um, but they definitely are are they were nurtured to be strong don't show fear don't cry. And I'm not saying all of these are necessarily right. Right. But don't cry. It's just a boo-boo. Wear it, rub it off. Rub some dirt on rub it. Rub some dirt on it. Get back in the game. Don't let that kid push you around. Stick up for yourself. The stereotypical male. Right. And now I feel that that is, uh, that is punished. Mm. Almost to, to an extent. Yeah. You know. And don't get me wrong. For, for the females out there, there is nothing wrong with being a strong female, having a strong female presence in your family, but just showing your, your children when things come along, you can handle it. And then when, they, when the children, when that happens to them, they learn that they can handle it too. They don't have to see it just from the male figure in the family. They can see it from the, the mom as well. Each parent had a role to play right and from the stereotypical role to the actual role that each of us experienced growing up but no i when i'm uh, for instance speaking for myself i may be more of a quote-unquote traditionalist in my values uh, but that is exactly in what everything you just said is is absolutely i believe to be completely and wholly true um, it's not that the uh, the wife or the mother is um, is weak. It doesn't play a role. Doesn't none of those things. It's just the opposite. They play a significant role. Yeah. It's just it complements those two roles. The mother and father complement each other to come out with a well-rounded child, whether it's a boy or a girl. Right. You know. No, it doesn't mean one one. A parent is less than the other. No. It's just that they do different things. Absolutely. And I think each, the mother and the father, the the husband and the wife, they need to understand that about each other. You do different things. You handle different things than I do. It doesn't make one less than the other. Two halves of a whole. No, it is. It is. You, you know? know. And also understanding that um, the other one has different pressures and different um, stresses than the other one. Sometimes you don't see that at first, but I think the longer you're married, you understand it. Like, oh, okay, I didn't realize that 
my husband had those stresses or those pressures. Mm. Oh, and once you learn that, you're like, oh, okay, all right, that that makes sense to me now. Yeah, it works both ways. Sure, sure, sure. In time. Yeah, yeah. Because we've talked about many things, and once you have to have that communication, and once you uh, understand it, it's like, oh, okay, all right, well, now I understand. Yeah. But yes, I th- getting back to the main point, it is... To me, it's very sad because especially, like I said, these last 10 years or so, uh, let's just say, for example, going to the movies. There's a lot of movies I wouldn't take the boys or the younger boy specifically to because it it puts the male in a very negative light. Uh-huh. In a very weakened state. Much. And it's like, why would I want to take my son to go see something like that? Whereas before even with the older boy and then obviously going further back than that um you had you had media that was just for everybody or or it was more geared towards a male audience or a female audience whatever but you knew what you were getting into yeah uh but not so much so these last 10 years oh i agree yeah was there anything else you wanted to talk about no i got off on a tangent and i apologize don't ever apologize. I thought that was a good conversation. Okay. And that's what I want from you is good conversation. Well, there you go. We're good for at least four more podcasts. Okay. I've con- I've conversed. Okay. Moving on. I don't remember where we left off, but let's Psalm go Psalm to- 116? Psalm 116. The theme prays for being saved from certain death. Worship is a thankful response and not a repayment for what God has done. And could you please read all of Psalm 116, please? Oh, now you're making just ridiculous requests. All of 116? Please. All right. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its ropes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. How kind the Lord is, how good he is, so merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death, and he saved me. Let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. He has saved me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. And so I walk in the Lord's presence, and I live here on earth. I believed in you, so I said, I am deeply troubled, Lord. In my anxiety I cried out to you, These people are all liars. What can I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all his people. The Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. O Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant, born into your household. You have freed me from my chains. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the house of the Lord, in the heart of Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Thank you. We have a couple notes for 116. God is so responsive that you can always reach him. He bends down and listens to your voice. 
This writer's love for the Lord had grown because he had experienced answers to his prayers. If you are discouraged, remember that God is near, listening carefully to every prayer and answering each one in order to give you his best. And then the other one says, God stays close to us even in death. When someone we love is nearing death, we may become angry and feel abandoned. But believers, the Lord's loved ones, are precious to God, and he carefully chooses the time when they will be called into his presence. Let this truth provide comfort when you've lost a loved one. God sees and each life is valuable to him. Okay, moving on to Psalm 117. The theme being another reason for praise, God's love for the whole world. We should praise God for his unlimited love. And would you please read all of 117, please? Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise him, all you people of the earth. For he loves us with unfailing love. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. Praise the Lord. Thank you. That's pretty. The notes say Psalm 117 is the shortest chapter in the Bible, and it is also the middle chapter. Paul quotes from this psalm in Romans 15:11 to show that God's salvation is for all people, not just the Jews. And the other said, Have you ever said, I can't think of anything God has done for me. How can I praise him? This psalm gives two reasons for praising God his unfailing love toward us, and his faithfulness that endures forever. If he did nothing else for us, he would still be worthy of our highest praise. Psalm 118. The theme, confidence in God's eternal love. God's love is unchanging in the midst of changing situations. This gives us security. I just plucked out some verses in Psalm 118. I really enjoyed. Um, Verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Uh, Verse 6, The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? 8, It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. Uh, Verses 13 and 14 say, My enemies did their best to kill me, but the Lord rescued me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. And uh, verse 24, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And the note for Psalm 118 says, There are days when the last thing we want to do is rejoice. Our mood is down, our situation is out of hand, and our sorrow or guilt is overwhelming. We can relate to the writers of the Psalms who often felt this way, but no matter how low the writers felt, they were always honest with God. And as they talked to God, their prayers, their prayers ended in praise. When you don't feel like rejoicing, tell God how you truly feel. You will find that God will give you a reason to rejoice. God has given you this day to live and to serve him. Be glad. We have another insert in our Bible, and this one is titled, Where to Get Help in the Book of Psalms. Really good one. I will take a picture of it and put it on the Facebook page. Okay, Psalm 119, the theme is God's word is true and wonderful. Stay true to God and his word, no matter how bad the world becomes. Obedience to God's laws is the only way to achieve real happiness. And there was a note here. This is the longest psalm and longest chapter in the Bible. Although it is anonymous, some people think Ezra might have written it after the temple was rebuilt as a repetitive meditation on the beauty of God's word and how it helps us stay pure and grow in faith. Psalm 119 has 22 carefully constructed sections, each corresponding to a different letter in the Hebrew alphabet, 
and each verse beginning with the letter of its section. Almost every verse mentions God's word. Such repetition was common in the Hebrew culture. People did not have personal copies of the scriptures to read as we do. So God's people memorized his word and passed it along orally. The structure of this psalm allowed for easy memorization. Remember, God's word, the Bible, is the only sure guide for living a pure life. Would you please read Psalm 119, verses 33 through 40, please? 119? Yeah, 119. 33 through 40. Please. You caught me there. Did I not write it down? No, you did, and I skipped over it. Okay. Teach me your decrees, O Lord. I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding, and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all my heart. Make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found. Give me an eagerness for your laws, rather than a love for money. Turn my eyes from worthless things, and give me life through your word. Reassure me of your promise, made to those who fear you. Help me abandon my shameful ways, for your regulations are good. I long to obey your commandments. Renew my life with your goodness. Thank you. The note for there, the writer talks about keeping the laws and yet being free. Contrary to what we often expect, obeying God's laws does not inhibit or restrain us. Instead, it frees us to be what God designed us to be. By seeking God's salvation and forgiveness, we have freedom from sin and the resulting oppressive guilt. By living God's way, we have freedom to fulfill God's plan for our lives. Could you please read Psalm 119, verses 89 through 91, please? Your, uh, what is the lamed, what does that mean? There's, above each section, there's a name or a word, semek, none. Sure, so, okay, remember when we were reading the note before we started this section, and it said... Um, who it's attributed to? No, it was the letters of the alphabet. Ah. Carefully constructed sections, each corresponding to a different letter in the Hebrew alphabet. I see, you did say that. And each verse beginning with the letter of its section. That's what it means. So it's part of the Hebrew alphabet. You did say that. Your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. Your faithfulness extends to every generation, as enduring as the earth you created. Your regulations remain true to this day, for everything serves your plans. Thank you. We have a note. God's word makes us wise, wiser than our enemies, and wiser than any teachers who ignore it. True wisdom goes beyond amassing knowledge. It is applying knowledge in a life-changing way. Intelligent or experienced people are not necessarily wise. Wisdom comes from allowing God's teachings to guide us. And then I had pulled out verse 105. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I just thought that was pretty. There's a note for that verse. To walk safely in the woods at night, we need a light so we don't trip over tree roots or fall into holes. In this life, we walk through a dark forest of evil, but the Bible can be our light to show us the way ahead so we won't stumble as we walk. It reveals the entangling roots of false values and philosophies. Study the Bible so you will be able to see your way clear enough to stay on the right path. Um, And then I just pulled a couple other verses. 114, you are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. And 125, 
Give discernment to me, your servant, then I will understand your laws. And the note for that says the writer asked God for discernment, which that means guidance and understanding. Faith comes alive when we apply scripture to our daily tasks and concerns. We need discernment so we can understand, and we need the desire to apply scripture where we need help. The Bible is like medicine. It goes to work only when we apply it to the affected areas. As you read the Bible, be alert for lessons, commands, or examples that can that you can put into practice. And then finally, I had pulled verse 133, guide my steps by your word so I will not be overcome by evil. Now, the next group of Psalms falling within the range of 120 to 134 are called pilgrim Psalms or songs of ascent. They were written at various times but gathered together in a collection because of common themes. They were sung by those who journeyed or ascended to the temple for the annual festivals. Each psalm is a step along the journey. Psalm 120 begins the journey in a distant land in hostile surroundings. Psalm 122 pictures the pilgrims arriving in Jerusalem, and the rest of the psalms move toward the temple, mentioning various characteristics of God. Psalm 120, the theme is a prayer for deliverance from false accusers. All believers must live with the tension of being in the world but not belonging to it. I didn't have anything for there. Psalm 121, the theme, we can depend upon God for help. Pilgrims must travel through lonely country to their destination. They are protected not by anything created but by the creator of everything. And could you please read all of Psalm 121, please? A song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Thank you. And the note for there says, This song expresses assurance and hope in God's protection day and night. He not only made the hills, but heaven and earth as well. We should never trust a lesser power than God himself. Not only is he all-powerful, but he also watches over us. Nothing diverts or deters him. We are safe. We never outgrow our need for God's untiring watch over our lives. Psalm 123, the theme is look to God for mercy. We are encouraged to be attentive to God's leading. And I didn't have anything for there. Psalm 125, the theme is God is our protector. The mountains around Jerusalem symbolize God's protection for his people. And could you please read Psalm 125, please? Those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They will not be defeated, but will endure forever. Just as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forever. The wicked will not rule the land of the godly. For then the godly might be tempted to do wrong. O Lord, do good to those who are good, whose hearts are in tune with you. But banish those who turn to crooked ways, O Lord. Take them away, 
with those who do evil. May Israel have peace. Thank you. One of the notes says, Although the writer said the wicked will not rule the land of the godly, often Israel had to put up with evil rulers. The writer was expressing what will ultimately happen when God executes his final judgment. Human sinfulness often ruins God's ideal on earth, but that doesn't mean God has lost control. Evil prevails only as long as God allows. Psalm 128, the theme, God the true head of the home. This is called the marriage prayer because it was often sung at Israelite marriages. God will reward your devotion to him with inner peace. I didn't have anything for there, so we'll move to Psalm 129. The theme, confidence in times of persecution. God will bring us through the tough times. I didn't have anything for there, so we'll move on to Psalm 130. Theme, assurance of the Lord's forgiveness. God will surely forgive us if we confess our sins to him. In the notes, it says that in the depths of despair, the writer cried out to God. Despair makes us feel isolated and distant from God, but this is precisely when we need God most. Despair over sin should not lead to self-pity, causing us to think more about ourselves than God. Instead, it should lead to confession and then to God's mercy, forgiveness, and redemption. When we feel overwhelmed by a problem, feel, feeling sorry for ourselves will only increase feelings of hopelessness. But crying out to God will turn our attention to the only one who can really help. Uh, Psalm 130 verse 7 says, O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is unfailing love. His redemption overflows. The note says God doesn't keep a record of our sins. When he forgives, he forgives completely, tearing down any wall between us and him. Therefore, we fear or revere God, yet we can talk to him about anything. When you pray, realize that God is holding nothing against you. His lines of communication are completely open. Psalm 132, the theme, honor God and he will honor you. The psalmist reflects upon the great day when the Ark of the Covenant was brought to Jerusalem and praises God for his promise to perpetuate David's line. Anything? No. Okay. Psalm 134, the theme, worship God and experience the joy of his blessings. And the entire psalm uh, says, oh, praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, you who serve at night in the house of the Lord. Lift up holy hands in prayer and praise the Lord. May the Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Jerusalem. Psalm 135, the theme is a hymn of praise. This psalm contrasts the greatness of God with the powerlessness of idols. Pagans worship idols while God's people worship the living God. We have another insert in our Bible that I'm going to put on the Facebook page. This one's called Praise in the Book of Psalms. So look for that on the Facebook page. Psalm 136, the theme, the never-ending story of God's love. God deserves our praise because his endless love never fails. And the note says, repeated throughout this psalm is the phrase, his, faith, his faithful love endures forever. This psalm may have been a responsive reading, with the congregation saying these words in unison after each sentence. The repetition made this important lesson sink in. God's love includes aspects of love, kindness, mercy, and faithfulness. We never have to worry that God will run out of love because it flows from a well that will never run dry. 
Psalm 146, the theme, the help of people versus, versus the help of God. Help from people is temp, temporal? Temporal. Te- temporal or temporal? I would say temporal, but I think you're okay either way. Okay. And unstable, but help from God is lasting and complete. And a note from that section, the last five psalms overflow with praise. Each begins with praise the Lord. They show us where, why, and how to praise God. What does praise do? One, praise takes our mind off of our problems and shortcomings and helps us focus on God. Two, praise leads us from individual meditation to corporate worship. Three, praise causes us to consider and appreciate God's character. Four, praise lifts our perspective from the earthly to the heavenly. Five, praise prepares our hearts to receive God's love and the power of his Holy Spirit. Psalm 148, the theme, let all creation praise and worship the Lord. Uh, I pulled out Psalm 148, verse 13. Let them all praise the name of the Lord, for his name is very great. His glory towers over the earth and heaven. Psalm 149, the theme is a victory celebration. We have the assurance that God truly enjoys his people. And Psalm 150, the theme, a closing hymn of praise. God's creation praises him everywhere in every way. We should join the re- this rejoicing song of praise. And the notes there say music and song were an integral part of Old Testament worship. David introduced music into the tabernacle and temple services. The music must have been loud and joyous as evidenced by the list of instruments and the presence of choirs and song leaders. Music was also important in New Testament worship. Another note says, how could the message be more clear? The writer was telling the individual listeners to praise God. What a fitting way to end this book of praise with direct encouragement for you to praise God too. Remember to praise him every day. And then finally, the final note we have, in a way, the book of Psalms parallels our spiritual journey through life. It begins by presenting us with two roads, the way to life and the way to death. If we choose God's way to life, we still face both blessings and troubles, joy and grief, successes and obstacles. Through it all, God is at our side, guiding, encouraging, comforting, and caring. As the wise and faithful person's life draws to an end, it becomes clear that God's road is the right road. Knowing this will cause us to praise God for leading us in the right direction and for assuring us of a place in the perfect world he has in store for those who have faithfully followed him. That's what I have. Very nice. Do you have any questions or comments or anything? Hmm. No. All right, so we'll give out some information. The email is basicbiblestudy19 at gmail.com. Uh, Facebook and Instagram is at My Basic Bible Study, and then the website is MyBasicBibleStudy.com. The website, you can find a lot of the links uh, for the podcast where you can find it. And then on Facebook, uh, you can find what we're currently reading and upcoming readings. And then also any of the uh, Bible inserts that I take pictures of will be on Facebook next time next time yes next time we're going to go into isaiah so we're going to be reading isaiah 18 through 27 and 29 through 35 okay that's it 
Well, thank you for having me on. Thank you very much. We had good conversation today. Yes, we did. Goodbye, and until next time. Have a blessed week. Bye-bye.